This is Will Friedle, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. And remember a few things. First, Dana deserves better. And second, I am Batman. His name is Zeta. He's kind, gentle, and also a top-secret military weapon. He's made a decision. I will not destroy anymore. Now, with the whole world chasing him. Please help. He's on the run with his only friend. I'm equipped with a built-in credit card. I can generate as much money as I need. You are so taking me shopping. The Zeta Project. Welcome, everyone, to episode 245 of the DCAU Review. I'm Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. Cal, you can run on for a long time, but sooner or later, we're going to have to review more Zeta Project, and that's this week. Yes, Liam, the Zeta Project reviews will continue until morale improves or something (laughs) like that. Uh, But yes, we have yet again a double feature this week because we are just doing our darndest to motor through this content. We're providing content. Uh, while also trying to respect the fact that we had a record low in listens for our previous Zeta Project double feature. So at this point, we just want to respect and try not to hurt anyone's feelings going forward here. So we're just trying to motor through this stuff. You know, we're just trying to get through it. So we have another double feature today. We have two episodes. That's another two off of the off of the list and uh and we're we're just motoring towards the end of season one it can't come soon enough that's right so for today we have the episodes westbound and hicksburg to talk about uh and uh we'll uh, of course be breaking them down with our four main categories as we always do as mentioned on our last zeta double feature we won't be going quite so in depth on our plot recaps because one there's not much plot to recap in these uh and two uh you know there's only so much time that we want to devote to this <laughs> to uh to yeah. the data project so it's, we're being real here we're, we we keep it real you know we're not we're not trying to not trying to feign any anything here you know for the for the couple people that do listen to these that and we know uh, maddie from watchtower database is likely mm-hmm. listening uh maddie we they, totally respect your uh, respect your your thoughts and and your nostalgic feelings and appreciation for this cartoon. We unfortunately do not have the same, but that's okay. Like we're we're we can disagree. It's yeah. okay, uh, and well, we can we can respect the fact that you also enjoy this. Like that's okay. Some people like peach pie. Some people like apple pie. Some people like coconut cream pie. Some people don't mm-hmm, like pie. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and uh, and I will uh, I will say I think we've we've been uh, we've inspired Maddie to uh, to start updating the DCAU wiki for Zeta episodes. So hopefully, when we come back, we'll have uh, a little bit more trivia and uh, and fun facts to share with you about the production of the series. Maybe that'll be uh, interesting than the actual episodes are. But hey, we've got two to talk about here. We'll be kicking it off with our coverage of Westbound, and of course, that means I will have not one but two. IMDb synopses to read this week, starting with the one for Westbound. And this synopsis is brought to you by the Pod Tower YouTube channel, where you may in fact be listening to this very episode right 
you are listening and for some reason are not subscribed there, or even if you listen on an audio platform, it would still help us out if you went up to youtube.com slash the pod tower and uh, hit that little subscribe button because uh, it's helping us out and it's also helping out our friends at Watchtower Database who also uh, post content there. So uh, here it is, the official best uh, bound, which was written by <laughs> Stacy Liss Goodman, Robert Goodman, Wendell Morris, and Tom Shepard. That's right, four people <laughs> were, were involved in this episode. It's a Mr. and Mrs. Goodman have a, a story by credit while uh, Mr. Uh, Morris and Shepard have a teleplay by the script by. So that's how that breaks down. We have uh, four, four people in the writing department. So the episode was directed by Bob Doucette with music by Michael McQuistian and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. Z and Roe board a train to evade their pursuers. Agent West manages to board the train. West tries to identify the pair before the train reaches its destination, where more government agents await the train's arrival. It's a fine synopsis, all things considered. I didn't, I didn't have anything to pick apart necessarily with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, wordy. It is a little wordy. Yep, there's, there's a little bit there. I feel like it's trying to fill in for the general lack of plot for the mm-hmm. episode. But uh, yeah, you see, this whole episode, Liam, uh, is a pun. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's called Westbound because it's taking place on a train headed westbound, but there also involves Agent West being stuck on this train so west is bound to this westbound train and that's our synopsis for this week (laughs) (laughs) our scores get out of here no just kidding uh we uh it it also revolves around uh the the phrase stop and smell the roses uh we have chekhov's uh rose smelling (laughs) that happens here and that 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 turn of phrase uh, but uh, yes, of course, Zeta and Ro once again are on the run. And we have a very anticlimactic chase scene at the beginning where these uh, agents are like basically just politely entering the room that they believe that the robot is holed up in. And uh, and of course, they just sort of gently walk in and, and Zeta and, and Ro manage to escape. They uh, they chase them to a train station, the aforementioned westbound train. They jump on the train and, uh, and Agent West it's the only one able to securely get on board before it pulls away. And uh, he's able to uh, contact uh, Agent Bennett and, to let him know that uh, he's in hot pursuit and knows that that both Zeta and Roe are on the train. Unfortunately, though, in the, the initial calamity of trying to get onto the train and the train moving, he loses his whatever you call that X-ray specs thing that he uses mm-hmm. to be able to see through Zeta's disguise. So he has to manually go around and poke people the entire episode. <laughs> There's a lot of comedy in this episode. I was going to say, this might be my favorite episode we've reviewed of the Zeta Project so far, mostly for this 
for this middle portion where it's just Agent West walking up to people, poking them and saying, fine, I'm a federal agent. After <laughs> we'll talk about it in voice performance, but Michael Rosenbaum, um, despite having some clunky dialogue at, at times, uh, he's, he's pretty hilarious uh, throughout, unsurprisingly. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so Agent West, uh, it, it's basically just a, a Looney Tunes cartoon after that w- with various door gaffes and you know agent west getting threatened by the big hulking beefy man with whom uh, is sitting with his girlfriend that agent west goes up and pokes and the beefy man isn't too happy so he's going to wring his neck and um in the meantime we also have this subplot of the fact that for some reason zeta can't properly camouflage himself well that we also learned at the at the beginning of the episode that mm-hmm. apparently zeta can now camouflage anybody that is in is in contact with him he has the ability to sort of project his holographic powers onto roe if she is in close contact with him so uh there's a point where they're escaping initially where he turns her into a a beach ball where he makes her appear as though she's a beach ball in this advertisement for this blimp that they are Mm -hmm. uh that they're stationed on and so uh, as he says later on, his holomorphic processors are on the fritz, and this co- keeps causing Zeta at the most inopportune times to morph into somebody else uh, just when uh, it appears that uh, they're about to give Agent West the slip. Something happens, and he turns into Agent West, or he turns into this, this uh, waiter that's on the train mm-hmm. at the same time. So you end up getting him sticking out like a sore thumb. And despite the fact that this train cannot possibly be that long, uh, they just keep jumping to additional cars and somehow agent West keeps losing them. Um, there's a scene where it was straight out of like a three stooges or, or a Looney Tunes cartoon where he's like opening doors to try and, and, and find <laughs> Zeta. And he opens one and Zeta has transformed into this old woman. That's like in a towel and like screams and agent West has quickly shuts the door. Um, mm-hmm. Which again, there's some, there's some chuckles to be had here, which is fine. Uh but it all leads to the, the culmination of the episode where Agent West is constantly radioing back to to uh, to to headquarters to let them know that he's hot on the trail and they they don't believe that he's has any shot of actually catching Zeta. And in fact, he tells him not to try and catch Zeta because there's no other agents there to support him that he needs to wait until they get to the end of the line, I guess, so they can kind of reach him there. But he again. Uh, goes against orders and continues uh, pursuing him. This all comes to the culmination and the, the end of the train as, the, as both uh, Zeta and Ro reach the end of the train. Zeta comes to realize that the reason why his powers are on the fritz are because they keep, they keep passing these transformers. <laughs> Get it? Transformers? Uh, mm. That keep causing... It's, I told you, the whole episode revolves around puns. <laughs> uh, so this, this tran- the, as they pass under these transformers on the, uh, on the maglift train, it causes his, uh, his holomorphic processors to, to shift, and therefore he's not able to sort of maintain his composure. And then uh, it, it, it causes interference in the, in the projection that he's giving off at that time. So this leads to a, a final showdown between Agent West, Roe, and, uh, and Zeta. And just when he thinks he has them cornered, he is undone by the fact that Zeta morphs his head into a dog's head. This causes Agent West to fall backwards and uh, knock himself unconscious. 
and mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the culmination. Of course, there's one final trap here, though. Uh, the train is uh, the the final car has a hole in it and is cause might cause the train to crash. So Zeta has to get the final train car disconnected uh, and and save the day, uh, which of course takes up a whole bunch of time that he could be escaping, and leads to this uh, this run in at the end with the. Agent Bennett and uh, and the rest of the NSA arriving as just as Zeta has uh, has saved both uh, both Agent West and and allowed Roe to save this dog that was in the final trade car uh, that would also have been killed had uh, had Roe not stepped in to save the save the puppy at the end of the day and uh, there's a a little scuffle on top of the train and Zeta is able to escape telling Roe to make sure that she meets him at the uh at the at the station she doesn't know quite where where they're going to meet and then sees that there's a uh a uh, a nice botanical garden and she puts two and two together with the fact that zeta uh was struggling with this turn of phrase of stopping and smelling the roses and she walks in and sees a man uh rubbing the top of his head on the flowers which uh <laughs> zeta mentioned earlier on in the episode that his olfactory sensors are on the top of his head so he's smelling the roses so to speak and uh, that's sort of how they uh, they they wrap things up here with the episode and and make their escape and Agent West is uh, is once again left sort of holding the bag and stroking his chin as to uh, just exactly how he was uh, how he was able to escape the danger at the uh, the, the crumbling car at the end of the train. Mm-hmm. I'll say they're setting up, and I don't know if this has paid off because I've never seen this show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're certainly setting up that agents uh, Lee and and West are sort of they're starting to maybe it's the chip they're starting to chip away at the idea that Zeta's this unstoppable killing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll 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 have to see how that works out as the uh, as the series goes on here. But yeah, this is a fun little episode. I thought like it, like I said, it's very comedic. It's various we'll talk about very much held up by the voice performances of our 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 three leads in this episode um but you know i had i had a a pretty all right time with this one yeah it's i think this uh this is it's a an interesting little premise you know to have to have have the our heroes trapped on a on a in an area they can't get out of with one of their enemies and they're trying to hide and be inconspicuous uh yeah i think there's there's some fun to be had here yeah, I don't know why Zeta didn't just jump off the train once he realized that he was on the train with a secret agent. Um, he's a robot, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no explanation for why he... I mean, like, I get it, the train's moving at a high speed, but he's an indestructible synthoid robot. Couldn't he have just jumped off the train? Well, he'd have to... Could he jump the train and protect Ro from the, the fall as well? Mm, maybe not. I don't know. That's a good good point. That's 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 my best uh, defense of this. But yes, yeah, um, it's it's. I mean, you can of course poke holes in plots all day long. Oh yeah. Uh, compared, well, was, compared to last week's episode, and maybe it's maybe it's Stockholm syndrome, but uh, or the last uh, the last double feature that we did two <laughs> weeks ago, um, I I felt like this was this was an improvement over that. Uh, somewhat it's still a little goofy there's still a lot of hijinks there's a lot of again comedy and uh, there's no real the action beat comes at the end at, with attention of Zeta trying to remove this damaged train car from the rest of the rest of the train and that's where the tension builds and then of course when the NSA shows up 
you know, how's he going to escape the NSA? So, um, yeah. So it, but it, at no point does it really feel like this buffoon of an agent is really going to be able to do anything or, or, you know, overtake this robot. It, and the fact that he's undone by basically Zeta turning into McGruff, the crime dog <laughs> was a, it's like, what? Why was he so shocked or scared that he knows that he's a holographic robot? Why was he shocked that he changed to a dog head? Like, why did that why did that cause him to like I, I don't know? That that part I didn't understand. That part did it's like, okay. He, could well, they have just like hit a bump and like <laughs> like Agent West flies up into the air and knocks it, like gets knocked out? Like that would have been 10 times better to me then he's he's shocked by the fact that the holographic android can turn into a a man's body an anthropomorphic dog (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's that is there what really struck me watching this episode from uh the interactions with west and zeta when he has them dead to rights at the end and then when the age other agents are trying to capture zeta is it really to me was and I, I believe we had, you know, we had talked about this in previous episodes. It's evident in some of the earlier Batman the Animated Series episodes. It seems very clear to me that there's a very strict no fisticle on this show at this point. Mm-hmm. And like they cannot even do like anything resembling that. So, so like when when West to the point that where where West pulls a gun on them, Zeta can't like backhand the gun out of his hands or or something like they they could not do any sort of physical altercation so they came up with this i guess i guess because it was such a light comedic episode they thought having having agent west faint would be a a funnier way to knock him out (laughs) um but yeah it's it's very it is very silly and then yes they they try to capture zeta with a big net uh so like i said it just feels Felt very, uh, felt very, uh, we, we can't have a, even something resembling uh, uh, a physical fight in this episode was what, what came to mind for me. Um, so yeah, for all those reasons, like I said, I liked this better than most of the episodes we've reviewed so far of the Zeta Project. Uh, so I settled on a five out of 10 for my plot score. Yep, same exact score here, buddy. Um, yeah, not, uh, not, a completely boring and uh there were no no super annoying characters so that's mm-hmm. a plus in the in those uh in the in those compared to those prior episodes <laughs> plot, we... plot automatically gets plus one if bucky's not in the episode precisely exactly yep so for that reason also five out of ten it is goofy it is silly there are at no point like i said does it feel like our main characters are in any sort of real danger, like they're actually going to get found out or trapped by this, you know, bumbling idiot, that agent that is made out to be a bumbling idiot the entire time. Um, so yeah, that the no real danger. Therefore it didn't really feel like this episode was going anywhere that the, the heroes had anything to, to worry about, which is kind of the central point of the plot, but it's better than the previous episodes probably that we've that we've uh that we've uh reviewed fair enough and that will move us on to visuals and animation for this week's episode as mentioned we have bob Dusset as the director the animation by coco 
uh, being allowed to be any gun play or fisticuffs, there isn't a ton to talk about. Uh, we get to see a lot of Zeta transforming. Um, they are on, I think, the sequence when they're on top of the moving train and he's ducking underneath the tunnel and, and all that. And they're kind of doing some cool lighting changes and things like that. And then he, uh, you know, he grows the big claws to try to, uh, to cut up the thing that uh, holds, <laughs> holds train cars together, that insulates uh, the, the space between the two train cars. Mm -hmm. um, like there's, there's a little bit of fun there, um, but not, not a lot to sink my teeth into other than maybe the there's like a point as you mentioned where zeta is is smelling through his uh his head and then he that he doesn't have a real nose he puts it toward his hologram nose and the rose kind of goes through his nose mm -hmm. so like, that's kind of clever that's like that's that's a neat that's a neat bit to pull off in the in 2d animation i'm sure that wasn't easy but i i feel <laughs> I, I feel like by the fact that i'm talking about a rose going through zeta's nose that i just don't have a ton to say about the visuals of this episode yeah um the only thing i liked the visual gag at the beginning which again really solidified what an idiot our our agent west is where he steals the shampoo from the hotel <laughs> I, I did chuckle at that that's like the first thing that you see is they're trying to break into this hotel to to catch zeta and roe and they sneak past this uh this cart from the cleaning lady and he opens one of the drawers and takes out a bottle of shampoo to steal it for some reason i thought it might come back into play later like when he goes to reach for something he pulls out the shampoo by accident but it didn't really come back into play unfortunately so no no payoff for the shampoo that's a that's a one strike against this episode um at the the blimp i liked that there was a blimp i don't know that it matches the aesthetics for futuristic technology of having a blimp fly around this whatever city that they were in we talked about that i think maybe on the either the first or the second episode that we reviewed where this does not feel like the same futuristic world that batman beyond is like that is very sleek and square and um streamlined this is very this feels just like i don't know it's not quite it's not quite I, I don't know how we described it, but it's it's just like slightly updated flying cars, like modeled, mm -hmm. like like retro flying cars, essentially, is what we ended up getting here. Mm -hmm. um, and the buildings just kind of look like any other brick cartoon buildings, which I was thinking like you do have some of that in Gotham, but it's it's more of like the old torn like run down areas right. of gotham that are those old brick buildings like they're abandoned like they're not they're not the more streamlined skyscrapers and big metal buildings that that sort of end up being most of what you see in gotham so i guess maybe this is a different city maybe it's a smaller town i don't know but it just doesn't have the same look or feel so because of that it takes it doesn't really feel like this is a futuristic world it just kind of feels like it could be taking place not 50 years from now, but now, whatever now is, you know what I mean? Right. So um, the, the blimp was, was a neat gag. I get why they did it, but 
I don't know that that fits the future future aesthetic that we have too many blimps in the in the future. But um, yeah, uh, other than that, the 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 McGruff the crime dog. I thought that was a whether that was on purpose or not. That was looked like a little homage to the to mm-hmm. the famous McGruff crime dog. Um, and uh, I think the only the, one of the biggest nitpicks that I had was in that final scene where Zeta's on top of the on top of the train and the the NSA is caught up with him. So agent Bennett is on the, is on the, on top of the train. Agent Lee is on the opposite end. They kind of got him surrounded. They both have these like super cool looking rocket launcher missile things that we don't ever get to see used, unfortunately. And then the big NSA hover vehicle is flying behind them. So Zeta jumps off the, the, the top of the, of the train to another roof of another train that's crossing by which is a cool cool thing and then uh, agent bennett and lee realize they're coming up on a on a tunnel that they have to duck down in order to not get decapitated so they both duck down and then they cut to like the train as the train is going into the tunnel you see the nsa hover vehicle realize that they're also about to crash into this how how they could have missed it like I, their whole thing is to they're supposed to be flying this thing why are they why do they <laughs> suddenly surprise that they're about to come up on this giant tunnel i don't know but they're the animation of them trying to avoid like they're able to kind of pull the nose up and avoid it i don't know that the physics of that looked very smooth it looked very janky it looked very like it, it just jagged and things were moving very slowly it, the physics of it did not match up to what they were trying to convey it was not a very well animated scene um and didn't didn't make it feel like they were sort of pulling up the vehicle to avoid it, it just kind of felt, felt like it uh, a looney tune where it was able to like stop in midair and then sort of angle up uh, to mm-hmm. avoid this this mountain it was not animated very well so that was a that was a negative that i took on it but um Overall, I, you know, it's fine. I thought this episode did have more cell shading, which I appreciated. Characters looked less flat. Um, you know, I think the different disguises that that Zeta got to use were were pretty entertaining. Um, and despite those critiques that I had of, of some of the animation, I thought that this was maybe one of the the, the best looking episodes that we've done so far. Um, so I ended up giving it a, a, a better than than just OK, six out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I uh, I went just one point uh, lower. I went five out of ten. Um, yeah, nothing nothing particularly wrong with this episode to me. Like I said, it was just uh, a lack of any kind of physical, real physical interactions. The the bit where, again, even though as we it's never really been talked about before, but that Zeta can now transform Ro if he's in physical contact with her. Like, so the, when he's like changing her hairstyles and stuff at the beginning, like that's fun. That's a fun visual gag again. And that's, there's some fun, fun to be had. Like we said in the, in the bit with, with the dog when, when Ro jumps back onto the luggage cart to save the dog. And then the dog like scurries out of her arms and kicks her, kicks off of her. Mm -hmm. So it can jump to safety and leave her to die. I think that's like a good bit of visual comedy. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, nothing, uh, nothing too great to write home about here, I think, for either of us. But nothing bad either. Or nothing too bad anyway. Yeah. But uh, moving on from there, we will have music to talk about, Cal. And we uh, have the, the great Michael McQuistian to thank for the score for this week's episode. I got to be honest, 
uh, like with a lot of Zayn episodes, I don't have a ton of notes in my music, uh, in my music notes here. Uh, I did note the, uh, there's a, the, the chase music when they're on the top of the train, I think is fun. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of a nice little, uh, like, uh, what's the of a crochet music falls? Uh, d- descent? I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> Anywho, that word, there's a nice one of those when Zeta jumps off of the one train to, to land on the other train. I thought that was a nice little bit of a little bit of a musical poetry there, but uh, I do not have a ton to say. Uh, what stuck out for you for music this week? Yeah, same. I, I think that there were a couple pieces that I did notate on. Um, I thought that the, the music uh, as they, they sort of search to find out for as the agents in the first scene are looking out the window, looking to try and find, Zeta and Ro, there's sort of the a little ditty that plays as they they kind of allude that they're saying on the blimp so that the viewers know, but the obviously the agents don't know. Uh, but the real the real music that I musical notes that I uh, wanted to mention were the uh, the tension building uh, as Ro is trying to escape the damaged car at the end, as you mentioned the scene with it where she's going back to get the dog and Zeta's on the outside tearing off the car unaware that she's jumping back in that car that he's tearing off so there it again it crescendos to the point in that scene where uh where you know the it adds to the feeling of oh no is Roe going to make it is the dog going to make it um is zeta going to accidentally off row without knowing it you know uh and then right after that when zeta jumps on the roof and the door the emergency door cuts open there's this there's this uh, pretty big piece that plays when the government the nsa shows up um, and then the subsequent sort of uh, near capture that Zeta features, or that uh, faces rather in that that scene, um, the the musical the musical accompaniment with that. Again, it wasn't anything that that was hummable or you know that's notable or that I'll remember for for beyond this review. But it was enough to notate that it stuck out, and I thought it was pretty solid. Um, and that's that's more than I can say again about some of the other episodes that we have reviewed prior. So because of that grading on a curve, I ended up giving music a, a six out of ten. Nice, yeah. I uh, I just gave it the the gentleman's five out of ten. As I as I said, I I uh, I only really noticed uh, noticed it in the action scenes, and it, it was uh, it was it was uh, yeah. I thought it was uh, it was all right, but nothing really stood out to me. So I'm uh, it's nice that uh, that you uh, you were able to notate a few other. Uh, moments where the score shined for Mr. McQuestion. And uh, from there, Cal, we are uh, at our last category for this first episode, that of course being voice acting. Uh, not a big cast to talk about this week. We do briefly have uh, Lauren Tom as Agent Lee and Kurt Weird Smith once again as, uh, as uh, Agent Bennett. And then we have, uh, of course, playing the dog is Frank Welker. Always got to mention <laughs> him when, he's in, when he shows up. Um, and then, of course, we you know we have our, our leads for the episode, really, are who we want to talk about. Of course, we have Julie Nathanson as Roe, uh, Diedrich Bader as Zeta, and, of course, Michael Rosenbaum as Agent West. And as you mentioned, Cal, the most fun in this episode is, uh, or a lot of the fun in the, in the comedy, even if the jokes aren't great, what tends to work is, the, uh, is, is uh, Michael Rosenbaum's delivery of them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and uh it's, it's very quirky and silly and, and that kind of goes the same thing for some of uh zeta and, and rose banter throughout the episode sometimes it's not always 
the funniest joke you've ever heard, but it's just, you know, the way it's delivered can be very good. So uh, a good job by our, our top three voice actors on this episode. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that the opening dialogue, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if Mr. Rosenbaum was, was sick or didn't quite get the direction of what the scene was, but if you go back and listen to the dialogue between him and Kurtwood Smith, as uh, West is radio, radio, uh, radio, radioing in, man, that's hard to say, radioing <laughs> in uh, to let him know that he's on the train. Uh, the line is literally uh, Kurtwood Smith, Agent Bennett asks him, where are you? And he says, I'm on a train. Don't worry. I'll stop the train. Like, <laughs> who talks like that? No one talks like that. Why is he talking like that? Why are you saying the word train so much? Right. Yeah. Are yeah, you yeah. not on a train? Right. You have to really hammer it home that he's on a train. Don't worry. He'll stop the train. It, it, was, it was very clunky. Uh, that's not obviously our, our actor's fault that they were provided that dialogue, but the delivery wasn't so solid. So I was like, Ooh, this episode might not be a good showcase, but again, I think the rest of the episode more than makes up for it as, uh, as, as Mr. Rosenbaum turns in a very subtly funny performance. As I said, I think the the poking of the passengers is probably the funniest parts. Um, and, uh, you know, even as he's awakening from his, uh, from his fainting spell and dreaming about being named, uh, you know, the, uh, the top agent or vice president of the United States. I thought that was pretty, pretty amusing as well, but, uh, we don't get, don't get a lot of solid dialogue from anybody else. Not a lot of emotion, uh, that's required from, uh, from Roe in this episode. Um, and, and we don't get a ton from, from Dietrich Bader either. So, um it it's it's fine it's okay like it's it, we but we don't get a whole lot of range of of having to share emotion or you know zeta sort of just fixated on this idea of stopping and smelling the roses and uh, he does share a little bit of confusion with not understanding why he's unable to maintain the form uh, of his disguise in those moments but i didn't think this was the best showcase for mr bader didn't it it was fine everything was just okay so i ended up with a with a six out of ten for for my score yeah i went uh, i went one tick higher went seven out of ten i will mention i i almost forgot because i think i had neglected to put him in my notes uh playing the voice of the boyfriend who stands up to agent west and probably one or two other ancillary voices is uh, is thomas f wilson and that name might not sound that familiar to her but he is of course biff tannen in back to the future <laughs> and more importantly to dcau fans he's tony zuko ah go figure and that one thug in little piece of home uh <laughs> who's like a boxer for some reason um, but yes i yeah nice little uh, cameo performance by him yeah there's there's one bit where uh, where where Agent West is, he said they're doing like door humor, and he knocks on this guy's door, and he opens the door, and he's like, "I'm looking for a synthoid. He can turn into anybody." And the guy just asks him, "Well, how do you know I'm not him then? If he can turn into anyone?" And Agent West kind of pauses for a second, and then he pokes him and goes, "Nope." And then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just the very the very brief interaction between uh, between Agent West and this random. Uh, train passenger i thought was very funny as well so yeah some some good quirky comedy and then certainly helped out by our, our voice actors in this episode so there you go that will bring us to our final scores for this first episode cast 
uh, tallying everything up, I have a somewhat shockingly high 22 out of 40 as my final score. And even more shocking, as we've notated, you tend to be the more generous one when it comes to giving scores these days. I have an even higher score of 23 out of 40. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I got to say, this is this is what I'm pretty happy to say. We can probably not have to say it has a thumbs up for rewatchability, even for Zeta. It, it it does not advance the plot i don't think it right it's it's pretty it's pretty self-contained yeah it's pretty self-contained as far as the agents just chase them the whole episode and then they get away there's no furthering of the the plot defined uh you know zeta's creator or, or there's not really any character stuff with him or or roe furthering her backstory so yeah i think this one is pretty firmly in the skip pile um even though as we said it's it's kind of a kind of funny and, and quirky at times Yep, it's a one and done. If you want, if you're watching through these, if you're choosing to watch through this series, then certainly in, stay for the for the goofy, silly cartoon comedy, and then uh, then you can never watch it again. <laughs> well, there you go. And uh, from moving on from there, Cal, to our second episode of the day, we have Hicksburg, uh, and then of course that means we have our second official IMDb synopsis of the day. Once again, brought to you by the Pod Tower YouTube channel, youtube.com, the Pod Tower. Uh, this episode, Hicksburg, was written by Paul Diamond, directed by Kurt Gaeta, with music by Michael McQuistian and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such Roe and Z stop by Hilberg to visit her first foster family, hoping to find a lead to Roe's family. Mm, family used twice i'm gonna i'm mm. on a train i'm gonna stop the train <laughs> <laughs> rose family to find rose family got it mm -hmm. yeah not not the best by the way uh the first episode westbound originally debuted here in the states on the kids wb on march the 10th 2001 for some reason again hard to tell the accuracy of these debut dates i'm sure maddie from watchtower database will correct us if this these were not the original air dates but again we're pulling these off of the existing dates listed on the dcau wiki uh this was reportedly this episode was originally uh, or originally aired here in the states on march the 31st 2001 uh, meaning these episodes are uh, we're coming up on the 22 year anniversary of these episodes debuting here. And uh, this episode kicks off. I actually thought this felt much more like Batman Beyond, like in the same universe as Batman Beyond <laughs> at the beginning here with this opening scene. We have this guy that's battling this giant robot. And I was like, oh, where's this going? And the music's ringing through and mm -hmm. he's like beating this guy and he says the word shway. Like, all right, we're <laughs> okay. All right. I'm seeing some DNA matching here. It feels more like beyond. Uh, and then we find out that this is in fact an advertisement for a movie being pitched to Zeta uh, from an advert bot. I think let me, let me just say Adbot is my favorite Zeta character so far. <laughs> Oh, hands down. This Relentless. Guy, this guy Adbot is an rules. incredible. This guy's on his grind set. He is he is after Zeta to see this movie. And then and then Ro walks by and he immediately goes, teenager. Uh target, like main target, target demographic. demographic. <laughs> and zips away after her. And I was horrified when Ro murders this bot right in front of her own Android companion. 
Yes. No, no, uh, not being able to read the room. Ro kills another robot in front of a robot man. You know what I say, Cal? Hashtag justice for Adbot. <laughs> you do say that frequently. <laughs> I can't get you to stop saying that, in fact. Oh, man. But yes, uh, we, we learned that uh, the reason why that they are at this shopping mall or shopping center is because Ro is there to buy presents and uh, and and gifts using Zeta's unlimited credit card to uh, to buy gifts to impress her family. She, she's going to see her family, not her real family, but one of her adopted foster families in uh, in the state of Oregon, as we learned. And uh, it's uh, it's actually called the town of Hillsburg, but she calls it Hicksburg. Uh, based on the fact that she doesn't really get along with anybody there and has uh, not not too fond of memories of this family for some reason. She re- uh, remarks that she was always looked at as the sort of the redheaded stepchild, essentially. She was never mm-hmm. good enough. She was always constantly compared to her foster sister, uh, who was seemingly this goody two-shoes, and she was never really accepted by her parents, uh, her foster parents, So, which ultimately led to her running away from home and uh, at, at the age that she is now. So uh, we, we get this set up for the episode that she's looking to sort of uh, throw things in the face of this foster family that she's well to do without them. And uh, she has all these nice clothes and makes Zeta buy this nice car. And they're going to go to their family, this uh, step or foster family in order to attempt to get some documents uh, to, so that Roe, can begin the search to find her family, which correct me if I'm wrong. I know that we sort of alluded to her having this, this family issue and the, 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 like she's alluded to having a rough childhood mm-hmm. running away, but I, I don't remember it being touched on before that this was like one of her goals was finding her family. Did they actually mention that on one of the other episodes and I missed it? Not really. I, I believe in the museum episode at the end, she's kind of like, warming up to the idea but it didn't seem like oh and you know we're gonna try to start finding her family too i don't remember them explicitly stating that so okay i'm just making sure i didn't it's very possible it could have it could have been mentioned in in more explicit detail but i didn't remember them really hammering at home which actually it kind of fits because now you have both her and zeta uh, both attempting to find essentially their their family, their true family. Mm-hmm. Zeta's trying to find his creator. She's trying to find her family. You have nice parallels that run there between these two characters. Uh, and then, you know, at some point their stories are going to cross and uh, they're going to help each other in this this quest to find their their true family. So um, I, I do like that idea. It's, it's definitely adds some dimension, I think, to the Ro character that may have been missing before where she was sort of just the tag along, you know, snarky uh, quippy sidekick before now she at least has some character motivation and dimension to her so good kudos to them for giving her some some, some further you know uh, character development there here six episodes into this show or seven episodes whatever it is now uh but uh, yeah so she she decides they're going to go visit uh, her her stepsister or her foster sister uh, in an attempt to get some information from them and they get up to the house and uh, she's looking, she's made it very clear to Zeta that she's looking to impress them. So what better way than uh, to impress her family than to uh, be accompanied by none other than 
Adam Heat, the celebrity, the actor that was featured in this robot movie uh, that was uh, that was pitched to both Zeta and Roe in this opening scene. So Zeta has taken on the disguise of this Adam Heat, which much to the uh, surprise of both uh, Zeta's foster sister and uh, Tiffy and and uh, her boyfriend, uh, Walt. And uh, and Roe herself, quite frankly, uh, he's he's uh, he's really taken to to this persona of uh, of Adam Heat, and uh, Roe kind of explains it away that uh, they're there and he's filming something or doing research for some some part, so uh, they need to keep it quiet. But we learn very quickly that unfortunately Walt has already spread the word around town that uh, that uh, this Adam Heat is in town and they're. A, crowd gathers outside the uh the the cabin where they're staying and uh media shows up and mm-hmm. uh, you know word spreads quite fast and wouldn't you know it the nsa is always watching everything and wouldn't you know they they stumble upon uh this information as well and head head out to oregon they decide that the, this must be the case because there can't be two atom heats uh, we learned that uh, the Agent West was watching the equivalent of Access Hollywood and, and noted that there can't be two, two, uh, two Adam Heats. Adam Heat was also in Florida at the same time. So this, this enhanced image uncovers that Roe is there with, uh, with this other Adam Heat. So they determined they got to head out to Oregon. And uh, we also learn at the same time that this crowd is gathered around here that Rose's stepfather or foster father, I keep saying step, it's foster, foster father uh, was is also the sheriff of mm-hmm. Hillsburg. What didn't you know? What a conundrum. Can, and uh, <laughs> can I just interject here? Of course. So as we come to find out, as you mentioned, uh, the, the foster father uh, is, is the sheriff and Zeta is like such a, He's like public enemy number one, this show would have you believe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? It's publicly known to the point where local law enforcement in these podunk towns have his picture on, on, their, on their wall. Sure. Like, because he could be anywhere. I get that. That makes sense. I'm sure every, you know, precinct, no matter how big or small, has a, some kind of like FBI's most wanted list somewhere that you can find. Um, but if that's the case, if all of this is public knowledge, why is it not public knowledge that Roe is with him? Like, why is her face not plastered everywhere? Why is, like, she comes there and nobody's like, oh, you've been on TV because you've been, because <laughs> right. you even if they thought, like, she was kidnapped by him and she thought she was being held hostage against her will, like, wouldn't, like, it feels like people should be aware, or at least even if the public at large isn't aware of of Zeta or this like law enforcement should know about her. Mm-hmm. So like the sheriff should have at least known. I don't know. That's just what I was, I was thinking about watching this. It's like this whole thing of her, like I, and again, I understand this. That's not really about that. That's like a side story to the main thing of, of Roe kind of coming back to this old town and, you know, bad memories getting dredged up and old rivalries with her, with her foster sister and, and not feeling wanted and all that. And, and wanting so desperately to connect to, you know, to a family and all of that. Like, I understand that's, that's the main point here, but when, as soon as they showed that like the sheriff had Zeta on his, on his little pin board, I was like, well, why wouldn't, why would the NSA not also put out at least to law enforcement? Hey, he has a young blonde, uh, you know, accomplice who follows him around everywhere. 
So look out for her too. No, I agree. hundred percent. Makes no sense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense in this show. <laughs> I don't know. That one just stuck out to me as like a, like even like, that's not like a, Oh, it's just a kid's show. We can ignore it. One like that's a like that's a pretty big thing to just not have make any sense or to be explained away. Like it's not like Bennett's never seen her. They've like they see her rescue him in the first episode, right? Like they've they've chased. They've that's chased how they pinpoint. Both. That's how they pinpoint that Zeta is Zeta right. in this episode. So why right? Why would the NSA not release that he has even again even if if they think she's acting under some sort of duress, why would they not say, you know, killer, killer synthoid infiltration unit Z8 with blonde female accomplice. Right. Right. I don't know. See, like I said, that's, that one's too big for me to just go, well, it's just the Zeta project. Like, no, that's, I think that's bad storytelling. I think that's bad storytelling even for a children's cartoon. I, I I do not disagree with you. If you have a defense for that, anyone, Maddie, whoever <laughs> wants to wants to defend that, please please offer it up to us. Tweet us at DCAU Review. Um, yeah, but uh, as we continue along here, uh, Ro uh, enrolls her foster father into uh, attempting to get this information uh, regarding her her actual family her actual parents and he remarks that he had always hoped that she would find her true family with them but he's happy to try and help her out as long as uh as long as adam heat is able to help out tiffy in her attempt to become an actress by uh helping her put on a performance of romeo and juliet at the local theater public Mm -hmm. theater it makes perfect sense. Of course, uh, the boyfriend, Walt Merkin, who had to watch as, uh, as Zeta makes out. I don't know how he kissed the, the girl when he's got a hologram for her face, but okay. Mm-hmm. He kisses her. That doesn't have lips. And, and we established the hologram is not, it's not a Leitner hologram mm-hmm. that has like physical substance to it. Mm-hmm. It's an actual hologram. Fingers mm-hmm. go through it. Roses right. go through it. Um, yeah, despite the fact that he had to watch his girlfriend get kissed by the Adam Heat. There is, there is a weird cuck subplot. In <laughs> the cranky boyfriend. I guess it's, it's, I don't know, maybe I actually, I, I shouldn't say that. I think, I think cuckolding is when you willingly uh, want to see that happen to your girlfriend. Okay. So apologies <laughs> for besmirching the name of, of cuckolds, but yeah, there's this weird thing where like the Tiffy is very taken with this this big movie star and the boyfriend is just kind of teasing, which I guess kind of does have a payoff in that the boyfriend tries to kill Zeta with a laser chainsaw later. <laughs> yes, true. Um, yeah, the whole payoff for the uh, for the for the reveal that Zeta is not in fact Adam Heat is during this performance the boyfriend's projector goes awry which causes the scene to go awry which causes him to kick the projector which causes zeta to be uh short circuit and him to be revealed as the robot he attempts to escape the sheriff chases after him walt for some reason jumps in the back of the sheriff's truck (laughs) i don't know why uh the sheriff is sort of unaware they go up this mountain as you mentioned he, he attempts to kill zeta this causes this giant avalanche of, of 
tree of, of uh, fallen trees or cut down trees to uh, tree logs to come down the the mountain towards hurling towards the 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 theater and Zeta has to sort of ski down this which is kind of a cool visual we'll talk about in a minute skiing mm-hmm. down this hill and uh, and sort of try to make the the pile of logs avoid the theater, thus saving this uh, crowd, the small but loud crowd of people that uh, joined to watch this public performance of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, he is able to thankfully uh, steer the the pile of logs away and uh, and avoid it, which of course the sheriff sees and uh, is is very very happy to to report that uh, that that Zeta did the right thing. He's clearly not the killer robot that he's been uh, been purported to be. And uh, during this time, we also get some bonding moments between Roe and Tiffy. As Tiffy reveals that uh, she, while she was a brat as a child, she she very much cares about Roe now and has changed. Roe isn't so sure, but uh, once Tiffy sticks up for Roe and tells everybody in the crowd to listen to the to her and and not leave the theater in order to to stay safe uh Ro sort of buys that tiffy has indeed changed and so they have a little bonding moment at the end and then we get uh we get the sheriff uh sheriff wendell morgan apparently it's his mm-hmm. name sheriff morgan uh is approached of course by the nsa agents at the end that have discovered that uh, that zeta is somewhere lurking around and uh, he points them in the wrong direction purposefully in order to allow both Zeta and Ro to escape. So uh, we get one last little bit here as as uh, as Tiffy is able to provide Ro with a picture of someone she purports to be as Ro's brother. So we get a, a little bit more of the the piece of an additional piece of the puzzle about mm-hmm. Ro's uh, mysterious family here, uh, despite not being able to get uh, a ton more information. Information. She has something at least to to continue continue her search with. So uh, that's kind of where we uh, where we end this week's episode on a uh, on another uh, cliffhanger as to to what's coming next for our our uh, our fugitives here. So um, this episode, I I actually kind of you know as I'm grading on a curve again. I liked this episode more than I liked the previous episode. It's a little goofy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of, we'll talk about in voice performance. It's Dietrich Bader doing this guy that's an actor, but in a robotic <laughs> way that is very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's fun. We get, we get some other good performances that we'll talk about from familiar voices. Uh but overall, it's I mean, it's a fun little it's a self-contained story. It's a fun little plot. I like the idea that that Rose Foster family did actually care for her in some way. Yes. We do get a little bit where the old you can see like why Roe had had some animosity towards them because the sheriff mentions once he finds out that she's she's hanging out with Zeta and she's running around around with this fugitive. He remarks that she always made bad decisions and she continues to make bad decisions. So you see mm-hmm. some of that vitriol that that probably hurt Roe and and that she held against him. But it was it's softened at the end by the fact that he does the right thing and and points the NSA in the wrong direction to allow them to escape. So um and and Roe is Roe sees that and appreciates that and shows physical affection to him by giving him a hug so yeah, you get calls him dad yeah 
yeah so you 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 get a little bit of the the repair there of that relationship and her despite her continued search she does see value in the fact that not only does she have this relationship with this father figure but she also has this now relationship with with tiffy who she always saw as this rival but now recognizes as as a young adult has changed um and is is certainly somebody that can be her ally or potentially a friend so um there's some there's some good elements there it not a there's not a lot of action again there's not fighting there's no physical action that's happening here the most excitement comes from zeta running away from the sheriff and him then skiing down the mountain on this sled covered with logs so uh but there's there's still some some funny moments here so Overall, six out of 10 for plot. Um, I li- again, I liked it better than the last episode. And that's uh, it's probably the highest I've given a plot score thus far for a Zeta Project episode. So that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest. I ruined this for myself. <laughs> <laughs> what? I really, it really pissed me off that they just didn't try to even explain why uh, why uh, nobody knows who Roe is or knows that's who fair. with. Um, so I gave this a four out of 10. Um, yeah, I don't think it's disagreement alarm. I don't disagree with you. The stuff I like is this one, as you said, it, it kind of makes Roe and Zeta two peas in a pod. They're both looking for their, their creators for their, for their family. And they're also establishing like what Zeta and, and Roe have found together that, you know, not every you know familial bond is is by blood as Mm -hmm. you know she she, you know she makes makes peace with her her foster sister and father and and uh you know leave leaves leaves a better person than she was when she got there and it kind of makes peace with this part of her past which i think is is nice i like that stuff i like it feels very um and and i know this was an influence for the series i know bob goodman has said that that last act where the sheriff and the the local town <laughs> boyfriend who has been uh, involuntarily cuckolded by Zeta are, are chasing him. That felt very uh, Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk to me. That finale <laughs> uh-huh. where there's like a guy running with a chainsaw and then the transformation happens in front of everybody. And oh my God, the town's freaking out. And and then, but in the end, he does the right thing. And so the, the, the sheriff, the tough, but fair sheriff lets him go on to the next town instead of uh, turning yeah. him in. Like there's some, despite there's the def- boyfriend's attempts to turn, to turn Zeta in, <laughs> yes. the sheriff has to talk over top of him and play a little misdirection yes. there. The little worm of, of the boyfriend. I'm glad, I'm glad his girlfriend cheated on him. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, it's uh, yeah, they, they so there's a little uh, you know, there's definitely a little uh, Bill Bixby Lou Ferrigno, Incredible Hulk, I think, in, in this episode as well. So, uh, yeah, there's there's fun to be had, but the, the that I don't know, I just I don't I don't think Roe could still be like an anonymous person at this point, really grinds your gears. I get it, yeah. Well, that will move us on here to visuals and animation, Cal. As you said, we uh, we have uh, quite a bit to talk about, we're in the the snowy hills and woods of Oregon for this whole episode, basically. And as mentioned, there's kind of a final chase that happens kind of up in the, up in the mountains. And, and uh, we have the, some, some wacky kind of costume and sets with the, uh, the, the hologram projector um, that, uh, that malfunctions that ends up uh, revealing Zeta. And then, as you mentioned, we have, uh, we have Zeta masquerading as this, this big movie star, 
Um, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's some fun things to be had here when a, a Kurt Gaeta, uh, you know, a veteran of, of Superman, the animated series and Batman beyond and, and the new Batman adventures. So somebody definitely uh, well-versed in, in the superhero action and, uh, and Coco once again on animation, uh, what's it out for you this week in visuals? Um, I mean, I, again, I, I think the opening, the opening shot, it felt like I was watching a completely different show. You know, it felt like I said, more like the DNA of Batman. It was a sort of a golem like creature. And I, you know, to have the rug pulled out from under you right then and say, Oh, this isn't, this isn't the show. This is, this is a movie advertisement within the show from the ad bot. Like, uh, this is kind of disappointing. And then it's back back sort of back to earth as you realize it's like oh we have a a muscle card that sort of floats here oh good um but <laughs> I, I i do think that there were some some neat beats i think that, as i said that uh, zeta sort of guiding this sled of 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 uh of tree tree trunks down the down the the mountain was uh was pretty entertaining um i will say for whatever reason i think this episode was a lot flatter than the last episode we didn't get the same sort of cell shading and some of the other things that i liked from mm-hmm. the prior episode um so it it felt in some of the character designs and the way that the things were storyboarded felt a little bit more disney-fied i, I don't know how to say it other than that it's just it felt more like i was watching a disney movie uh, with some of the expressions and the way the, the characters, especially Tiffy and the, the, the sheriff, the way that they were sort of drawn and animated, it just, it felt more like I was watching a Disney movie, which is fine, but that's not, it's, this isn't Disney. Clearly, you know, this is, this right. is CAU. So if I'm, if I'm wa- watching that and I I'm drawn to like a, a different cartoon style, it, that probably isn't, isn't good for the show. Um, not that it's bad it's just not good for the show um with that said though i think there were some interesting set pieces as you said having a different location was good um it disguises the fact that it's the future and it actually could be the future based on the fact that we have the i did kind of like the uh he the the hummer the flying sheriff's hummer or whatever it was (laughs) um that was like all right it's not, it doesn't look anything like the cars we see in beyond, but that's fine. It's a different artist. It's fine. It's a different mm-hmm. interpretation. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have anything else that necessarily stuck out other than the the sequence with the, the Romeo and Juliet hologram <laughs> that kept malfunctioning. I did, did chuckle a little bit when it changed into a, a barn from the, the original castle mm-hmm. sort of set. Okay, I do. I, I do like the visual gag where, uh, where it's, uh, Tiffy hands uh, Z his costume to change into, and then as soon as she walks away, he just throws the costume yeah. like into a corner and and transforms. I think that's a funny little bit of visual comedy there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, other than that, I, you know, I didn't think there was anything that necessarily stood out uh, completely. So I think solely based on that opening little bit there, advertisement for the uh, for the Adam Heat movie, I I ended up giving it a uh, a six out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I went with the exact same score of uh, of six out of ten. Uh, I should also mention, uh, per request of, I can only assume this is Maddie from the Watchtower database account. 
uh, tweeted us uh, to please mention, please make note of the director wearing a Malcolm X hat in Hitsburg, please and thanks. So there we are. Okay. Uh, yes, the director who is uh, who's directing this this Romeo and Juliet performance is, uh, is wearing a Malcolm X hat. So very interesting. There you go. Um, yeah, I did. I didn't have a, a ton of that. Yeah, that that final sequence where where Zeta's trying to stop the the log truck and is skating down the hill is is very fun and and very uh, very well animated. I thought so. Yeah, that, I think I think uh, a little bit above average, even even grading on the uh, on the Zeta curve here. So. Uh, good scores from both of us there. Uh, moving right along to music. Once again, uh, the music done for this episode by Michael McQuistian. And uh, once again, I don't uh, I don't have a ton of notes other than again the the action sequence uh, music, the, the 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 skiing down the hill at the end there, and when uh, and uh, and when Walt is trying to kill Zeta. I think there's some some fun music there. Uh, and I, I do like the, the very over the top kind of action movie music that we get in that, uh, the fake movie trailer at the beginning. Um, but uh, not a ton of notes otherwise for music for me for this episode. Yeah, that, that, and I, I think there was, there was probably some mood setting music um, in the discussion between Roe and the sheriff when she was trying to, when he was sort of bearing his heart and, mentioning that he had hoped that she would mm. she would kind of find a family there and certainly at the end when the the reveal of of the uh, the picture of of rose brother also there's some some sort of tension building music there as well but uh yeah nothing nothing that stuck out nothing that i thought was remarkable um perfectly fine okay music and uh that's why i settled on a five out of ten yeah i went with the exact same score uh five out of ten not uh not a lot to write home about, but certainly some uh, good good job of enhancing the action sequences as they always do. And that will bring us to our final category, which is, of course, voice acting once again. And uh, we have a we have our, our regular villainous pair uh, players in brief roles. We have uh, Michael Rosenbaum as Agent West briefly, Lauren Tom as Agent Lee, and Kurtwood Smith as Agent Bennett. Um, but the true star of the show, as mentioned, is Roger Rose as Adbot uh, in this episode. Just, just fantastic. Uh, also, done a lot of other like random voices in uh, in uh, in DCAU cartoons. Plays the Jaguar Shaman and the Worry Men. Uh, plays uh, plays the like the reporter guy that uh, that the question attacks in Fearful Symmetry. Nice. Um, yeah, some other some other random uh, some other random appearances there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really that's that's the that's the highlight of this episode for me. Truly, it's is Adbot and the way it speaks about uh, teenagers being in their target demographic just really cracked me up. But uh, elsewhere, we have Kyle Gibson as uh, as. Walt Merkin. Uh, a fun fact about Kyle Gibson is he's on a show that I've never heard of, but that went for 23 episodes. <laughs> and that show is called Nick Frano Licensed Teacher. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> he's good at being like this spineless little twerp who's mad at, you know, <laughs> his, <laughs> his girlfriend keeps <laughs> keeps cheating on and swooning over another man in front of him. What a jerk. <laughs> yep he's the villain it's just like every classic like rom-com where you're supposed to root for the the girl to leave the guy simply because mm -hmm. he like doesn't want her hanging out with the hero of the movie 
Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The, the, the idea. And speaking of uh, actors from shows I've only sort of heard of, uh, we have uh, playing the role of Tiffy. We have uh, Kristen Hage. I might be butch- butchering that last name, but uh, she would probably best be known from the 80s sitcom Head of the Class and also some uh, sporadic work on, on TV. Actually had kind of a long layoff in the last 10 years or so. Hmm. But uh, I like her. I think she and, uh, and Julie Nathanson, of course, as Roe, they get to play off each other a lot, again, because that's sort of the central, you know, Roe reliving this conflict that was never resolved from her, from her childhood. Is, uh, I think they're both pretty good together in this episode. Yeah, I think it works really well. They have, they have some good chemistry. Um, it felt natural by the end of it. You kind of believe that they were, that they grew up in the same, same household. Um, I, I do like the fact that they're able to sort of have this heart to heart where she kind of really tries to, to appeal to Roe and say, like, Hey, like, I know I was a jerk before, but that's not, that's not who I am anymore. Um, and, and she's really able to kind of to emphasize that and, and prove it in the next in the next scene and they're able to share that that moment at the end as she kind of reveals the the picture of rose long lost brother so yeah i i enjoyed that i thought they had some great chemistry together and um and and her her chemistry with with uh, dietrich bader as well playing zeta slash adam heat <laughs> slash zeta as adam heat uh, <laughs> man incredible <laughs> i was gonna say to your point him doing there's a point where uh, where they're asking him, oh, what's Los Angeles like, Adam? And so he's doing like this, this <laughs> swagger, like cool guy, actor, L.A. actor voice. But he's just robotically listing off like essentially like a Wikipedia article about <laughs> the city of Los Angeles. I giggled. It was it's incredible. Good. Yeah, it was good. That, that was really, really, really strong. And then him, of course, in the same robotic sort of L.A. California actor voice doing his uh doing his soliloquy from from romeo and juliet (laughs) later on in the park was really great too (laughs) absolutely and then we'd be remiss not to to mention uh dcau legend uh playing sheriff morgan clancy brown yeah uh, making his uh really his only believe it or not his only like real other than uh actually no he plays one other this is one of uh one of only like two other characters besides Lex that he's ever like actually credited in as playing Very in GTAU despite all of these shows. And of course the flash and that one episode, but, uh, but yeah, we have playing Mr. Morgan here. And as you mentioned, once again, playing off of uh, Julie Nathanson, even though he's kind of just there to be the stern, the stern sheriff and seemingly he's going to be like the main obstacle to them when he, when he, you know, he has his, uh, you know, he has his turn at the end of the episode and he, and he, yeah, he brings that that tough but fair and uh, you know hard hard nosed uh, local sheriff to it. But then at the end there, when he's got to show some warmth, unsurprisingly, Clancy Brown good at acting, <laughs> and uh, was uh, was fun and fun to hear his voice, uh, fun to hear a familiar voice in this episode. Uh, so yeah, for all those reasons, I think I think voice acting is is pretty darn strong in this episode. And uh, I actually settled on a pretty darn strong eight out of 10 for my voice acting score. Yeah, I gave it the same exact score, eight out of 10. Um, it's it's a really good overall performance by all of our, our, our actors and actresses involved here. Um, and you have two goliaths here with both Dietrich Bader and then Clancy Brown mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of 
both interacting with each other and having their own own places to to kind of pull their own weight. So, uh, yeah, unsurprisingly, they're both really good and they do do a really good job. And and the supporting cast uh, pulls their own weight too uh, here in this week as well. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's not, it's not very surprising that based on who was involved in the cast that we gave it a, a pretty solid high score here. But, uh, I think the fact that the, the supporting cast was able to also, um, stand out as, as being pretty strong as well. Also, also le- uh, lends to that, that score as well. Absolutely, Cal. Well, it's once again time to tally up our final scores. And if I'm adding correctly, it looks like I have a final score of 23 out of 40 for this week's episode. Yep, that makes sense. We agreed on every score except the plot, and I was a two points higher. So that means I end up with a 25 out of 40. And I think as far as uh, rewatchability is concerned, because we have the the plot moving forward here with Roe developing um, her her family and and looking for the search for them and that becoming a, a part of our our storyline here that parallels Zeta's search for his creator and of course the appearance of Adbot. Uh, this is a two thumb. <laughs> this is a, this is a as far as Zeta Project episodes are concerned. This is a uh, this is a must watch because you gotta you gotta get those other details there about what's going on with Ro and why all of a sudden she's uh, searching for her family and and this mm-hmm. dynamic of of hers and um, yeah, I give this all. Remember, thumb up. just remember hashtag justice for Adbot. <laughs> <laughs> you're always saying that we've created a movement. i'm always saying that but that uh, that will begin to wrap us up for these two episodes another two down cal yep. uh, of the zeta project uh, thank you everybody who does listen the few the proud <laughs> do listen to these zeta project reviews we do appreciate it if you'd like to support our show as mentioned you can subscribe to the pod tower youtube channel and like and share like the videos and share the links and all that that helps us out you can also follow us on social media at dcau review on twitter and instagram uh, shut down the hive page it's not happening uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering why we haven't posted on that site it's because i deleted it uh it was a good try but it didn't really work out um anyway we uh, of course also if you are listening to this uh through more traditional audio means uh, we appreciate you, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or what have you. Uh, if if the app you're listening to us on happens to let you uh, review podcasts, give it give it five stars and, and leave a review, we would appreciate that. That does help our show out. It gets us bumped up in the almighty, ever-changing search algorithms uh, that control whether or not uh, new people get to hear our podcast or not. So we would appreciate you taking the time to do that. If you want to support us more directly, there are a couple of ways you can do that. You can head to dcaureview.com. We have a store up there. You can grab yourself a shirt or a mug or a hat or something. Um, and of course, we also on our Anchor page, our main site uh, where our podcast is housed, anchor.fm slash review. You can also, there's a, a donate button on that anchor site where you can donate to us directly. And uh, as mentioned, Cal always puts up a, a special questionnaire, a special uh, poll up on the Spotify version of the podcast. It's exclusive to the Spotify version. So if you listen to it there, you can also interact with us that way in addition to our socials. Uh, but we do appreciate everybody who listens. And uh, Cal, we are wrapping up the month of January here and looking on to a new month. And that means a new show to talk about. 
That is right, Liam. And uh, as we've stated before, we're uh, we're headed back to exactly where we started. Uh, we've been covering it a lot recently because we have more episodes of it than we do anything else to cover, but also because it gains the most traction and tends to have a lot of listens. So we, of course, are headed back to Gotham City, Batman, the animated series. Uh, we are picking up right where we left off with our latest review, and that is going to be one of the most memorable episodes for many, many reasons. And that is going to be the episode Trial, uh, which features, of course, Batman's entire rogues gallery, pretty much. And uh, what happens when uh, Batman himself is put on trial by his rogues. And uh, there's a whole lot of fun that's going to be had. Huge voice cast, a lot of interesting dynamics. I'm, I have not seen this episode in quite some time, but uh, can can tell you the beat by beat just from the amount of times that I have seen it. So lots of good uh, good Kevin Conroy to, to discuss amongst a bunch of other voice actors and some interesting uh, interesting visuals as well. I uh, can't wait to, to chat about you with that one. Trial coming up next week right here. Uh, don't change that dial. Absolutely, Kev. Cannot wait to talk about such a revered and classic episode of the series next week. And we'll be talking about Batman the Animated Series all month long in February. So looking forward to that. But until then, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye. <laughs>